Hello, hi, how are you? Welcome to another episode of Calm Before the Score. I am your host, Matt Endress, along with my co-host, Brian Highland. Brian, how are you? Howdy ho, Matt. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, so before we get into it, um, I got a little bit of an apology to make, I think, to all the listeners out there. Um, I started no, don't, hot. Don't, don't downplay. You, this, is, this, is the, this should be a huge apology. You should be on I, your hands and knees begging for their forgiveness. I started hot. All right, starting this thing off. I started five and one, started hot. At one point, I was nine and five, still solid. Uh, my record after being 0 and 3 on Sunday, 0 and 2 on Thursday, and I believe 1 and 3 the Sunday before that, uh, I am now 10 and 12, which when starting at five and one, at one point being nine and five, it's bad. We are in a bad spot. I might never win a bet again, which is a bad spot to be in when you're hosting a betting podcast. I understand that. But with that being said, we're going to figure out some ways to correct my mistakes and figure out what the right bets are for this week. I feel confident about it. We're going to get on the right side, hopefully at some point this week. Um, many of you have cool. seen – the video that was tweeted along with the link to this, where if you remember on our Thanksgiving episode, I said if I went 0-2 on Thanksgiving Day, I would take a bite out of a tomato like an apple. And I did, and it was horrible. I mean, hindsight, I should have known that was what, that was going to happen when I bet on the Lions and I bet on the Cowboys. And Brian, you, you tried to tell me on Thursday, but I was not having any of it. And I can confirm – Tomatoes are still horrible. Brian, are you a fan of tomatoes? Well, yes, I, actually, I, do, I do love tomatoes, but that's kind of besides the point because I think you kind of glossed over the fact where you no, said – we're just going to keep – tried, where, where, where you said I tried to talk you out of it because, like I said on the podcast, you don't get rich betting on Matt Patricia, and you actually – that's how you go poor. That's, that's how you go broke. And I tried to warn you. And I, I gave you fair warning, and instead you thought that you were smarter than everyone else in the world and decided to go with Matt Patricia, and you paid the consequences, which, I mean, really, I mean, it's not that bad of consequences. Tomatoes are a normal food that normal people like, but... Yeah, I almost threw I, up. It was horrible. Well, okay, I know, but I think everyone wanted to see you throw up, so everyone's a little bit disappointed. I mean, yeah. The, the, the fans wanted to see you projectile vomit. That would have been something. Would have been gross. I mean, I had to clean up the fence if I threw the tomato, so I'd rather clean that than just hurl <laughs> all, over, all over the sidewalk outside. But it was bad. I don't plan on ever doing that ever again. Can confirm, though, I still don't like tomatoes. And I don't think I ever will. I think this is a permanent no bueno for me. Well, I think maybe maybe just, you know, every few weeks we, we make another bet like this for you, you know, just to check in on your on your tomato uh, tomato preference. Check in to see if you still hate them. And, uh, you know, if you do, then you do. But everyone gets a little bit of entertainment by keeping – get to keep watching you eat tomatoes. I mean, we'll keep that in the back pocket. I'm going to say no, but we'll keep that in the back pocket. <laughs> and we're going to bury that way down there. Probably never, ever come back to it. Um, so let's talk about something super important now, and that's Wednesday afternoon football and why it was awesome and why it was horrible. Uh, first off, it was horrible just because the game was bad, and I think that was just because players' bodies aren't used to playing at 340 on Wednesday. So it kind of throws their schedule off. I mean – Well, you also had like, I don't know, 17 people out with on the COVID list. Right. Yeah, that doesn't that that, that, that didn't really help. <laughs> starting Big Bob Griffin also, I mean, as electric as he is, not going to make for a super exciting football game when he's playing against the best defense, arguably in the league. No, I mean, and he had like the ultimate RG three kind of experience, you know. Oh yeah, his first 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 play fumbled it on a read option. Yep, and then Classic. second drive threw a pick six and. Yep. Then comes back and he like 
was leading some drives and he had like some like electric runs. And then there was also just plays where he just looked like, and then, and then, and then in the ultimate RG3 experience, he left the game injured. It was like, yep. Just run, (laughs) just running with the ball. All of a sudden blows out a hammy. And it was like, it was like RG3 bingo. It was like, check this box. If you have RG3 fumbles, a read option. Yep. He had more rushing yards than passing yards. You gotta love it. Also, I I think I don't I don't think it's being talked about enough. At least I haven't seen it being talked about enough. The ice wrap that they put on his hamstring um, on the sideline it was comically large. <laughs> it was like you remember seeing that picture of Wes Welker's helmet when he was on the Broncos. It was like nine sizes too big. That's what RG3's ice pack. It was so big I thought maybe he blew out the back of his knee. That's how much space that ice pack was covering. I mean, this this is no exaggeration. The ice pack was bigger than his torso. Yes, it, it looked was like it was, it was remember those O line drills and like you like hold like those shields in front of you. Yes, that was the size of the ice pack. Yeah, and, and I, I don't, don't know they made him that more big. people aren't talking. I don't get why more people aren't talking about that because he, he filled up he filled up a, a thirteen gallon trash bag with ice and taped it to the back of his hamstring. They stay, you know, they strapped a five gallon water cooler to the back of his leg. I mean, I mean, there's going to be a water. There's, there's probably a water shortage in Pittsburgh there's, because there's of the a, ice that was needed to make that ice pack. Definitely a shortage. I mean, t- good thing they weren't playing out in like California or something. The whole state would have burned. It would have been hard. Oh, yeah, we, they have we, no we, water we anyway. Talking about forest fires if that was in San Francisco. Well, I mean, California as a whole has been in a drought for like 15 years. But I digress. The reason Wednesday afternoon football was phenomenal was about. Uh, Wednesday afternoon football. I mean, you know, you have a beverage or two at four o'clock on a Wednesday and you don't have to feel guilty about it because football's on. Well, yeah, it's, it's football in the middle of the work day, which is nice. It's like, yes. it's like, it's like you're, you're winding down your work day. And it's like, I, I, I honestly, it kind of like, um, I'd almost forgotten about it because I was in a, I was in a meeting and I like looked down or I like opened up Twitter at the end of the meeting. And I was like, Oh my God, the, the football game's on. Popped it on while I finished up my work, and you know it was just uh, it was just a nice nice little way to wind down from the the workday and smoothly transition into a few beers uh, before dinner. And the game was over before I was the game was over right as I finished eating, and it was perfect. That yeah, was it was great. I mean, I yeah, the three forty time. I I would not be opposed to like Thursday night games being at like 3.40, 4 o'clock. Maybe Monday games being at like 4 o'clock. It just – it was nice. I think maybe we explore the doubleheader option so we can have the night game and an early game. Just a thought. Yeah, well, that, well, just that, a 340 thought. Time, that 3.40 time slot is seldom utilized by the NFL, but when it, when it is used, it's, it's a great time slot. I mean, they, they always have like – a few playoff games in that 3:40 time slot, like 3:35, and those—that's the best time slot. I don't know why we don't use it more. It's always, yeah, it's always playoffs, and it's always on that Saturday, and it's mm-hmm. always two AFC teams that nobody really cares about. Absolutely, like the, like the Texans play a lot on Saturdays at 3:40, and like oh, absolutely, January, something like that. It's like it's a—it's like that playoff game where everyone's like, all right, these other three. It's the AFC South game. Every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. So, still, hey, still football on a Wednesday afternoon, and I am in. You will never hear me complain about having football on during the work day, right. ever. And I know the NFL has said basically that they don't want to play – a game on every day of the week uh, just because like timing wise and the schedule and all that, it would be a nightmare. I understand that, but because Christmas is on a Saturday in a couple of weeks, like, a, you know, three weeks or whatever, the NFL has like three games that are supposed to be played on Friday, the 24th. And if those games still get played as scheduled, then this season, the NFL will have had one game on every day of the week. So this goes to show they can do it. I mean, I don't think they want to, but they can do it. And I wouldn't be opposed to it happening more often. 
Yeah, neither, neither why. I mean, I think it's, you know, that, that everyone talks about the middle of the, uh, the week, uh, how it just drags on. And, you know, what would be a great way to help everyone get through that terrible portion of their week? Football. Football. And I mean, that's why, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Maction. And the Maction oh, always plays, the Mac- on, plays on Tuesdays. And it's like, it's a nice little treat. It's like, you know, you're, you're kind of like coming down from that Monday night football high. And then you're like, you, you know, you turn on the TV and you put on a little Maction and you watch 13 punts and seven fumbles. And you're like, man, this is, this is what Tuesday nights were meant for. Yeah, that Tuesday night Maction is all time. Unfortunately, Absolutely. probably not going to watch it this week because we actually have a Tuesday game, which is awesome. And next week, we also have a Thursday game. So, and that's as well as a normal Sunday slate, and we have a doubleheader Monday. So, next week, it's just NFL every day but Wednesday. It's the opposite of this week, essentially. It's a, it's a, nice, it's a nice spread, a nice, uh, nice spread-out slate of just games – uh, all the time. All over the place. Yeah. So, speaking of games, let's get into some picks. Let's do it. Sort of. So, as we've said, uh, my picks haven't been great recently. Um, I think, I think so, the word I used was, um, you've been a disappointment to your entire family. That's probably pretty accurate right now. Yeah. <laughs> my mom saw me chuck a tomato off her fence this morning. So that's probably a pretty accurate statement, I would say. Um, so what we're going to do is I'm just going to kind of lay some stats and some lines and some betting percentages out there. And we're going to kind of deduce down, based on the stats and the trends and the numbers, what picks I am supposed to be making this week. Because clearly I can't do it by myself anymore because they're going to be wrong. So – we're doing a little math. We're going to figure this out. It's going to be a big brain show. All right, we do a lot of yeah, so this is a, this is a pros-pros move by you where you get on a little bit of a cold streak and then you, you just come back and say, I'm analyzing the data. I'm looking at the data. And then it's like you, you have no choice but to tell you in that situation. It's like if Correct. someone tells me that they're looking at the data and they're like doing the math, it's like, oh, my God, like I'm, I'm following this guy. Right, but keep in mind – I am one for my last 10. So, oh, oh, oh yeah. It's not going to change. How let's well you just, maybe let's see just, how the numbers work out. This it, week. Oh, it, it just, it just, it just gives people confidence. It's like, you know, it's like, it gives a, gives the listener a little bit of confidence in that, you know, okay, wow. Matt's really putting in the research. He's really putting in the work. There's no way that he's going to go one for 10 again. I mean, don't threaten me with a good time, but yeah, one, <laughs> I mean, mathematically, you got a 50% chance to get it right. You know what I mean? It's that's a good point. One, uh, one well, tens, that's it's you should go five and five every time. It takes a special kind of special to go one for ten, and I'm not glad that it's me. So, here's how we're going to approach this: home favorites this year are forty-eight and sixty-two against the spread. So if you just take all home favorites, you're losing. So what I'm going to do there is I'm not taking a single home favorite this week. Not one of them. Am I overreacting to this trend because it's kind of close? It's not like they're 8-62. and 62, They're 48-62. and 62. So am I overreacting? Yes. Am I desperate because I've won for my last 10? Also yes. So Minnesota minus 10 at home against Jacksonville? See ya. Miami minus 11.5 at home against Cincinnati. See ya. Tennis Titans minus six. Not taking them. Do you need me to read through all of them, or do you just assume that I'm going to cross them all? I think we, I think we get the picture. I think we get the gist, and I think, I'm, it's, a, I think no, it's a good I'm move. I mean, looking, looking, looking through the games, it's not like there's, like, any that jump off the, the page that's like, oh, my God, this, is, this line is crazy. I can't believe that anyone wouldn't take this game. Um, I mean, so, there's some big yeah. ones. there are some big ones out there. You want know to be like, this is crossing off Kansas City. Not taking Kansas City this week against Denver, who their quarterback threw more incompletions than – or threw more interceptions than they had completions. So, granted, he's not going to be a starting quarterback this week coming up. But is their quarterback this week going to be significantly better? Eh, some would say probably not. 
Probably not. No, I mean, it's, it's still Drew Locke, and that's an important thing to remember. I mean, it's – yes, they are going from – yes, it will be an upgrade over a practice squad wide receiver, but it's still Drew Locke. So let's not act like uh, Elway's coming in. Right. You make you make good points. Um, okay, another stat I have is just dogs. Just the underdogs on the year are 101 and 77. So – we're taking underdogs this week. That's what I'm limiting. I have other stats. I'm not just cutting it between home faves and dogs, but I'm only, t- I'm only taking dogs this week. And will that bite me in the butt? Yes. But is it a mistake that I probably have to make? Also, yes. So, got more crossing off to do. This is, oh boy, there's no way this works out, huh? Just just keep believing in the data. Keep believing in the numbers. All right. And then another stat, which I've been struggling to figure out how to phrase this correctly, but the games that are the most lopsided in terms of public betting percentage have gone – the top five games each of the past two weeks have gone a combined 0-10. So what that means is like this week, Washington plus eight against Pittsburgh is getting 80% of the bets. So that's one that in theory, Pittsburgh should win because they're getting the smaller percentage. The widest margin of difference, whatever that term is, is 10 and 0 or 0 and 10. You get it. You know what I'm trying to say. I don't know the right words to enunciate the point, but. Washington plus eight is getting 80% of the bets. So that's not going to win. Can't see my 13 half has already been crossed off, but that's getting 71% of the bets. That one's gone. Green Bay minus eight is getting 65% of the bets. See ya. Indianapolis minus three and a half is getting 69% of the bets. Nice, but that's gone. And then Buffalo minus one is getting 58% of the bets. So in theory, if the same trends happen this week as in the past two weeks, those are all going to lose. So we're staying away from the, de- the definite losers. We're getting better. We're finding our process, and we're making things work. We're narrowing, we're narrowing down the focus. We're narrowing, narrowing down the potential games that you're going to bet on. Right. I, I mean, like it. I mean, it's like, it's, like, it's like process of elimination. I like it. We're doing, process, we're doing process of elimination, although some of these are – it feels weird to cross them out. Like, I really want to take – I mean, they're a home favorite, so I'm not taking them, but Seattle minus 10 against the Giants. We're starting to start in Colt McCoy. That, oh, that, oh, that seems like that's something that I should take. But I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. We're turning over a new leaf. We're figuring things out. I'm not doing it. Can't do it. Won't do it. Yeah, and another th- important thing to remember is, you know, yeah, you're crossing off the home favorites and the top five uh, most lopsided in terms of the public, but right. that still leaves the over-unders in those games, and there's some, you know, nice little tasty over-unders that are, uh, are ripe are ripe for the picking in some of the games that we're crossing off uh, the <clears throat> spread in. And also, you're crossing off the spread. I very much might right. bet all five of the highest uh, percentage of the public just because if it goes 0-10 over the last two weeks, it's going 5-0 and this week. You think it's got – you think water has to find its level? Absolutely. God, if I go – so that means – so, okay, so in theory then, Steelers minus eight should win. Broncos plus 13 and a half should win. Eagles plus eight. Texans plus three and a half. And San Francisco plus one. Those should all be winners if the trend stays. Which, if that's what you're taking, you want to lock those five in as your five picks this week, that would be outstanding. I think it's ill-advised, but that would be I'm not going to do that, but I I I might take one or two of them. Just something. I did. Yeah, I, I did put I, the five I, of those. I, in do, I do like the Steelers at minus eight and a half. I mean, I'm I'm not a believer in the Washington football team, and I also kind of like the Chiefs at minus thirteen and a half. But 
Yeah, that's we'll see. Yeah, that's – I mean, yeah, I don't know. There's Those are just ones I'm crossing off just because if I take – like, they're all for the last 10. If I take any of those and they lose, I'm the idiot for taking them. I saw the trend. They were all for 10. I still took it, and it lost. And then that's about how it goes. So, so yeah. there's a ton of options. Um, I have one final stat, which has nothing to do with any of the others, but just a little nugget that I heard, so I'm going to stay away from it. Uh, it's for Rams at – Cardinals this week. Uh, the Rams are five and zero against the spread in their last five games against the Cardinals. So that's one of those where probably should take the Rams, but five and one. You know what I mean? What are the chances they go six and zero against the spread against one team? Yeah, that makes Cardinals me want to take the Cardinals three at home. Well, the Cardinals have sucked the past few weeks. They have, but they're at home I'm- now. That yeah, one's also getting they, that one. That was the sixth highest per, highest like percent. Rams are getting fifty seven percent there. So I don't know. And then some like some of the other ones that have qualified that have like kind of slipped through the cracks here. Um, the Jets at plus nine and a half can't do it. I'm not betting the Jets. I hope they cover, but I'm not taking the Jets. Can't do it. No, no. I mean, the, you can't bet on the Jets. I mean, they're playing the Raiders. They scored six points against the Falcons in a dome last week. If the Jets aren't um, – if it's less than double digits, you can't bet on the Jets because they, they, they just lose by double digits. That's just what they do. Uh, yeah, I mean, Derek Carr played horrible last week. What better bounce-back games than the Jets? Although I will say, last year, the Jets – Absolutely shellacked the Raiders. Yeah, the different Raiders team this year. They got stud yeah. wide receivers like Nelson Aguilar out there. Different different Jets team too. They got they got stud wide receivers. Like, like Rashad Perryman. Whoa. Denzel Mims is a monster. I saw something today where it said like if uh, Pro Bowl voting ended today, the Jets would have one Pro Bowler. And I'm genuinely curious as to who that could possibly be. Mackay Becton. Is, are you guessing or that's like a, a statement? Yeah, I mean, I'm fairly confident. Um, he, he led a Pro Bowl voting by fans for left tackle. I oh, mean, he's, he's a monster. He's, he's like, he's their only fun player to watch. And that's he's an offensive mean. lineman. He's, he's, he's sick. He literally, he literally throws grown men off of the television screen. Like, you'll be watching the play, and he'll just throw someone off of the screen. It's the most entertaining thing ever. He, he, he is very deserving of a Pro Bowl bid. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like a rookie tackle, they're not going to give that nod to. I don't know. I mean, that makes sense because, like, it makes sense for the Jets' most exciting player to be a lineman who most of the time you assume linemen are doing well when you don't hear their name called. So – that's pretty fitting, I suppose. Um, so, okay. Also, I mean, just a, just a quick note on, on Denzel Mims. Um, he is sick. And in one last game, he does have more receiving yards than uh, the first-round pick for the Philadelphia Eagles. So. You said in one less games? So yeah, he's Jim- played five games. And he has. I think Kellen Rager played in about three. No, he's played six. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I mean that's. Oh God, that's it's. I one of these time, one of these episodes, I'm gonna have to just kind of put my thoughts together on the Eagles and what they're doing and what they should do. But today's today's not that day. I don't have enough prepared. Today's not that day. Maybe once they got blown out by the Packers, then maybe next week we'll talk about it. But, I mean, we're in a bad spot as Eagles fans and supporters. We're in a bad spot. And I don't see where the optimism is going to start coming from. Okay, so I got the play Jalen Hurts card. Which will bring fans some optimism if he comes yeah, in and Jalen has Hurts, good games. If the coaching staff thought Jalen Hurts was the answer, don't you think he'd be playing by now? 
Like, clearly they don't think he's the answer either, or else he'd be getting the snaps in there. So They might not think he's the answer, yes. I mean, it's not like he was, like, a top ten pick. No. I mean, it, I mean he was a second-round pick. Yeah, but you also still, you know, there is some sort of loyalty that the coaches probably feel towards Wentz, given his draft status, his contract, um, you know. There's really no. It's not yeah. like this is a super. It's not. It's not like this is a Super Bowl winning roster outside I mean, of Wentz. So there's no reason to play play hurts and I don't know. When when everyone knew coming in that he was going to need probably multiple years to develop. I mean, at least I can take solace in the fact that the Eagles didn't have the worst. Draft, draft in the NFL. I'm giving that one to the Packers, but like probably second. And, you know, Wentz isn't happy that they drafted a quarterback in the second round. Obviously, everyone knows they took the wrong receiver in the first round with Justin Jefferson still just well, sitting there. In, but, in hindsight, it was probably smarter of them to draft a quarterback in the second round. I wonder how much pressure having a second-round quarterback sitting behind him, him being Wentz, maybe he's making, he's making him forced throws or, you know, maybe not making the easy decision because he wants to try to go for the home run, for the stats, for the touchdowns, to prove they made the wrong decision where he doesn't feel like he has a, you know, very long leash or a lot of breathing room as somebody who's, you know, been second in MVP voting. He's led his team to the playoffs each of the last three seasons. It's you wonder how much that's affecting his mental state when standing back there in the pocket. Well, I mean, if it is, then he's even more of a mental midget than we originally thought. I mean, it's yeah, you know, it's a, it's a second round quarterback. It's not like they went out and drafted him with their first round pick, and it's not like they like not like, like traded the second round pick. Second round pick, second round picks, or whatever. The the Jets haven't had a successful second round pick in their entire franchise history. I mean, there are so many people just take home run swings in the second round because I don't know, people are stupid. You're saying the Jets haven't had a single successful second round pick. Uh, Denzel Mims is probably their most successful second round pick. Well, Marcus, Marcus May has been pretty successful too, but uh, their track record. Marcus May still round, on the team. Yes. I mean, to be fair, they haven't had a second, second round is bad. They haven't had a second round pick in a while. Yeah, they they, they traded him to trade up for Darnold, so it's not like yeah they've had many, but they've they've had a they've had a bunch of terrible second round picks. I mean, Christian Hackenberg was a second round pick. Oh, yeah, Stephen we'll... Hill, who was out of the league in like three years, was a second round pick. Devin Smith was a second round pick. He I don't think played a snap for the Jets. Maybe played like two games yeah, just, just an astonishingly bad bad track record but you know wow, I mean, it's, not like their first, you, it's like their first round draft record track record is like great so you know you are not wrong good lord i'm looking at oh, i mean i don't want to turn this into a jet show but i'm all the way back at 2006 in their draft history and denzel mims is their best second round pick oh yeah no i i know I mean, it's it's almost embarrassingly bad. I, I you know what? this is good. I I feel good now. This was this was needed. I mean, their most other than Mims, their last second pick is Marcus May, as you said. Twenty sixteen, they took Hackenberg. Twenty fifteen, they took Devin Smith. Twenty fourteen, they took Jason Morrow. That's good. I thought Geno Smith in twenty fifteen. I thought Geno Smith is going to be an electric dual threat. Stephen Hill. I thought Stephen Hill was the next Stephen Megatron. Hill. Yep, second-round pick in 2012. Vlad Dukas. I thought he was going to be a staple of the offensive line. Yep, I mean, 10. Kellen Clemens. I thought he was going to be okay. Not David Harris out of Michigan back in 2007? Uh, David Harris was good. He was, he was a solid starter with the Jets. I mean, he wasn't. 
I don't think he made a single Pro Bowl in his career, but he was good for what he was, a second-round middle linebacker. All right, well, I'm glad we, you know, got to go through Jets history a little bit. I feel better about myself than about my team now. This is very encouraging. Uh, I'm ready to make some picks based off all of the things that I've crossed off. So. All right, let's get it. Let's hear them. Um, Browns plus six at Tennessee. Remember, home fave, 48-62. Tennessee's the home favorite here. And dogs before, underdogs are 101-77 and against the spread. So, Cleveland also has been an interesting team. Like, they run the ball at the highest percentage of any team in the NFL. Um, they run and, the, they run the uh, Bill Furlong offense. They just, oh, they love they just run, a lot of lot of motion, <laughs> you know, a lot of handoffs right at the middle unnecessarily, especially on like second and 12. Um, but along with that Brown, that in that same game, the over under is 53 and a half. Now they're playing the Titans who also love to run the ball. This game feels like an under just because if they're both running the ball, that clock is just going to be moving. Granted, I don't necessarily trust both defenses to make stops, but if that clock's moving, you might just not have enough time to get up to that 53 and a half total. I'm not, the under's not one of my picks. I'm just saying there's a lean, maybe a little sprinkle, just a little feel it out, but that's just something to be aware of. It's an awfully high over under for two teams that love to run the ball. Yeah, it is. The one thing I'd, I'd worry about with that over-under is, yes, both these teams love to run the ball, but both these teams also love to give up big plays, both in the run and in the pass. So there is a chance that, yeah, they run – each team runs the ball 35 times, but, you know, the quarterbacks still have right. four 40-yard touchdowns apiece. See, I'm not as concerned about the big play possibility – because um, the Browns, the Browns play a lot of zone, or at least they have been recently. So AJ Brown, if he gets the ball, there's going to be a swarm of guys around. He's actually going to have one, one guy on break that tackle and then keep running down the field. So maybe that's that slows him down. And also, I don't love the Browns' weapons on the outside. I mean, no Odell, no Odell anymore. So I mean, you put Denzel Ward on Jarvis Landry, and opposing the running backs, what you need. You got to stop Austin Hooper and Rashard Higgins. Like, I don't, there's just not enough weapons now that Odell's gone, excluding Jarvis Landry, that necessarily scares me on the Browns' offense. Like, that's why I'm not as worried about big plays, even though both of these teams love giving up long touchdowns. I think this week it's going to be a lot more in the middle of the field, run the ball back and forth, hopefully, is my logic but still not taking the over-under because I don't, I don't trust it. And I know whatever I pick is going to be wrong. But definitely Browns plus six. I feel good about that one for sure. Yeah, yeah, I like that pick. I mean, the Browns have been, been playing well recently. And, I mean, that, their running attack is, is no joke. Nick Chubb is a monster. And then um, when he inspired, you, put, you bring Kareem Hunt in there, which Kareem Hunt would be the starting running back on about I don't know, 20 other teams, 22 other teams. Yeah, they have a they've an incredible tandem at running back, and uh, yeah, I mean, and then I don't I, I don't think Garrett will be back this game, but Denzel Ward, um, I believe, is back healthy and I don't, on yeah, the outside. He's he's great on the outside, and they still have Olivier Vernon and um, you know, right. So in, enough, I, enough people that they can do something on defense. Right. I mean, I'm hoping Miles Garrett is back. Um, part of my pick is relying on him returning. I mean, it's, it's leaning that way, but I don't trust it yet. So maybe take that, you know, with a little bit of hindsight, a little situational awareness. Um, but if Miles Garrett is in fact playing Browns plus six, it feels like the right move. Also, Tennessee is getting the higher percentage of the bets, which I also like because just, that's just how it's been going recently. So 
I'm going to keep kind of moving at that trend until it bites me in the butt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that pick. All right. I'll, uh, I'll go with my, my first pick. Um, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of, you know, peeking at the board and this one jumped out, uh, out to me. Um, Saints minus two and a half. That is at Atlanta. That is an interesting one. I was Um, looking at that and I wasn't sure which way to go. New Orleans is getting the higher percentage of the bet, but not by a ton. You know, it's like 52%. Yeah. I mean, obviously. That's kind of of a moot point there. I don't think it's, that's not, I don't think, something to get, you know, your underwear all in a bunch about. Yeah, obviously Atlanta's coming off that, I mean, just beat down of the Raiders last week. Which I don't, I know we're kind of moving on to picks here, but one of my picks last week was the over in Raiders Falcons. And that was a tough beat. It was the over under 55 and a half. I know only 49 points were scored, but it was 43 to six. Like, yeah, it, it, it's tough we, when one team doesn't live up to their end of the bargain. That, that mean, game was an, that was an over game. Shout out the Falcons for doing doing what they had to do. I mean, they were looking out, but I mean, yeah, that was that, mean, was that was an over game. That was a that was a that was a bad beat. Um, you know, game games like that, they they should go over. You know, the, the Raiders should at least get like a garbage time touchdown to to push that right, game over, something. and and they didn't. Give us what we deserve. Yeah, I mean, part of me makes me want to take a spite pick. On the Jets plus nine and a half, but I won't do it. I'm not doing it. But the thought is there. So New Orleans minus two and a half. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean that that their defense has just looked so good over the past few past few weeks. Um, they've looked like the best team in the NFC, and um, obviously Taysom Hill sucked ass last week, and he's clearly. He's not very good. I don't think he's going to be very good. I don't think he's ever going to be a full-time quarterback other than like a a gimmicky player. But I do think they have enough to beat the Falcons with Taysom Hill running the ball, Kamara, Murray, um, the occasional slant to Michael Thomas and that defense um, led by Cam Jordan, who's just been on an absolute tear. Um, I think last time they played – the Falcons, Cam Jordan had like four sacks by himself, and I don't see any reason why he can't repeat that. So give me the Saints minus two and a half. Okay, so a couple things on both sides of this game. One, Taysom Hill said this week, I don't I don't know what day he said it, but in an interview basically that like they were preparing to win the game all week, and then all of a sudden on Saturday, their goal was basically we just can't lose this game. So like they kind of had a a different mindset partway through the week, almost all the way through, like on Saturday, day before the game. So you wonder how much maybe that kind of, you know, maybe threw a wrench in the game plan. Maybe that, you know, they went more conservative than need be. Also, this is now going to be the second time that Atlanta has faced Taysom Hill. Does it concern you that maybe they, you know, they saw some things not only on tape, but up close and in person, maybe they can figure out a way to maybe defend it better. Is that something that concerns you, or you think that the Saints team is good enough and Sean Payton's a good enough head coach where you know he's got enough tricks up his sleeve to make sure it doesn't really affect them that much? Yeah, it, it, it doesn't really concern me because the, the Falcons are still a bad team. You know, at the, at the end of the day, they're a bad football team, and you know they can they can have as much tape on someone as they need, but that doesn't change the fact that they're a bad team. That doesn't change the fact that their defense isn't very good. Yeah, no, yeah. That math doesn't fact check out. Yeah, I mean, that was – yeah, that – yeah, that, I don't – even though Atlanta's defense only gave up six points last week, I don't trust them. That's not – that was a bit of a fugazi. They're not going to yeah. be holding the Saints offense at six points. All right, so my next pick is a tough one for me to make. Because every inkling in my body is telling me that this is the wrong pick. But all of my numbers in front of me telling me that this is 
absolutely 100% the correct pick. So I'm going to trust the numbers here. It pains me to say I don't think it's going to happen. But it pain, Houston plus three and a half at home against Indy lines up with all of the numbers. Indy's got a high betting percentage. They're an underdog. It's all of the numbers. They're pretty even against the spread their last couple of matches. Like, all of my numbers in front of me are saying to take Houston plus three and a half. So I'm going to do it. I don't love it because it feels like the wrong pick to me. But everything that's been feeling like the right pick to me has been wrong recently. So maybe I got to start, you know. Start getting a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe I got to get uncomfortable. Follow the numbers. You know, big brain show here this week. You know, we're thinking. We're using. We're following the numbers. Yeah, and all the numbers are pointing towards Houston plus three and a half. So we are going to take them. Yeah, I think it's 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 always good to you know get get yourself a little bit uncomfortable. Um, you know, it's whenever you feel too comfortable about a pick, it's probably because that pick is a dead dog loser. Um, so I, I like that strategy where you're kind of following the numbers and looking at this game and thinking in your head, you're thinking, ah, I mean, I like the Colts here, but everything is telling me to bet the Texans. Um, I don't like the Texans. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if that, I don't know how I feel about that pick uh, yet. I think I'll need to see the, probably the first possession of that game. And then I'll know. Live bet where, probably a good move. Yeah. It's, it's one of those situations where it's like, if you, if the Texans come out and they're able to score on their first possession, then they're going to cover that three and a half easy. Um, but if the Texans come out and look like they have in some of their games this year and the Colts get the ball first and they're able to just ram it down the Texans throats um, running it, then they're probably going to cover easy. So it's kind of one of those situations where, I don't know, you like, you never, you never, you never know. And it's like, you always feel like you're going to be on the wrong side of a uh, history. Right. And then now, at what point do I have to start worrying about reverse jinxing myself? You know, cause I'm going against what I think I'm supposed to take, but since I've been wrong so often, maybe what I think I'm supposed to take is actually what I am supposed to take. Does that make sense? Or am I just losing my mind? Um, it makes sense, but you, I mean, you all also are losing your mind. I mean, that's, uh, that is talking, talk, talking about, uh, galaxy brain inside your inside your head uh that's that's textbook right there i'm yeah i mean it's full oh, there's a pretzel inside my noggin right now but we're going you're, you, plus three you're and getting put in a figure four leg lock by your own head it's bad it's bad it's bad up here it's we're in a bad spot but all right so with that being said i got there's one more game again that's been screaming at me all the numbers are pointing this way and it just feels like the wrong pick. So we're going to take it, which is oh, – that was a weird sentence to say out loud and then realize what I said there. But we said it. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers plus one at home against the New England Patriots is the third and final pick this week. Um, Patriots are coming off a big win at home against Arizona. The Chargers, it feels like, have lost about 19 in a row. Uh, Anthony Lynn this, this week said basically that his team didn't really have a chance of making the playoffs, even though they could still go 8-8, eight and eight, and anything is possible. Yeah, that, that was a weird move. Normally coaches don't really just lie Normally they're trying to rally the troops. Yeah, normally, normally they're not like, yeah, yeah, this, this is kind of a lost season. It's like, okay, why the hell would players want to go out and – he said, best, now. he said, yeah, best case scenario, we go 8-8, eight and, eight, and I don't think that's going to be enough to make the playoffs. So, basically, he's folding the season, which means he's going to be fired. So, he's coaching for his job. Maybe the players are like, you know what? No, you're wrong. We're going to figure it out. We're going to make something happen here. Austin Eckler's back. He played last week, played very well. Justin Herbert's a stud. Keenan Allen's still out there. Troy Bose is still out there. I mean – New England stinks. I think people are, are kind of forgetting that. I think they got a little lucky against the Cardinals last week. New England's not a good team. They had a lot of opt-outs. Stephon Gilmore's not playing as well as he, sh- as well as he should be. 
And I think I think the Chargers at home find a way to squeak out a win. I mean, I know plus one and a win is basically the same thing. So, where is that one? That's yeah. I mean, their money line is minus one hundred four. Plus one is minus one ten. I think I'm just gonna take. I'm gonna take their money line at minus one hundred four. And, you know, give up that one point, which one point doesn't really come in handy very often. Although I'm saying taking the money line, if they lose by one point, I am gonna be furious. Oh, it's gonna be hilarious when they lose by one. Oh god, they're definitely gonna lose like twenty eight, twenty seven, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's gonna be hilarious. Oh god, what a moment that's gonna be. But I'm sticking with it. Chargers money line. I like it. I mean, anytime you bet against the Patriots, obviously I'm going to be on board. That's true. That is true. All right. So I got, I got, I got two more picks. Let's hear Um, I got, I got Buffalo minus one, um, neutral site. And Nick Mullins is uh, the quarterback for the 49ers. Um, This This game's in Arizona because Santa Clara County basically said no, 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 no professional or college no. sports are allowed to be played. Yeah, and I mean, right. I, th- I think the the f- Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay, so it was no surprise that the 49ers beat the um, Rams last week. Yeah, he's beat them six in a row, I think. Yeah, yeah, but you know they're not they're not a better team, and they're still a bad football team. Like they still have flaws on their roster, which were you know are a part are due to injuries that have happened over the year but you know the bills are the better team and the fact that they're only one point favorites right now um at the the book that i'm looking at is criminal and i love the bills that number yeah that's what i have too um that is that is a monday night game Mm -hmm. um oh actually right now I'm looking at Buffalo plus one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, saw, I saw that line might have moved. I'm still getting it Buffalo minus one. I mean, I'd take it all the way up to Buffalo minus two and a half. I was if, say two and a half, yeah. Yeah, if you, get, if you get Buffalo anything under a field goal, then I think it's a safe bet. Um, but if you get them at plus, then it's a no-brainer. So yeah. I, love, I love that pick. Um, and then the last one is the under – in the Giants and Seahawks game. I like that. Yeah. I don't think – Seven and a half. Colt McCoy starting for the Giants. Yeah, I, I just don't think the Giants are going to score. And that's kind this, of this feels where my head like, is at, I mean. Yeah, this feels like the uh, the Saints-Broncos uh, game where – Yeah, exactly. 31-3, like which when a team scores 31, I feel like the odds of the overhitting are very high. That Chiefs Broncos game, the over under was thirty six. The Chiefs put, or the Saints put up, yeah, the Saints put up thirty one, and the over still didn't hit, which is hilarious. But yeah, I mean this this number is too high. The Giants are going to score six, you know, two field goals, and I don't think that the Seahawks are going to put up forty two. I mean, Russell Wilson has not looked great the last three four weeks. And the Giants have a good defense. I mean, the Giants are good defensively. They're, yeah, they're very stout against the run. Um, they are surprisingly good against the pass. And you know, I just don't, I just don't see how the Giants put up more than seventeen points. And so, because of that, I don't see how they, I don't see how they put up eleven. Well, yeah, okay, but still, at seventeen, the. Um, Seahawks still have a little bit of wiggle room there. That was that was more so my point. Yeah, I don't think they're going to put up ten. I mean, they're probably going to. I think Bearwell could get shut out with Colt McCoy at quarterback. But it's also that I don't. I like to take into account. Okay, if the Giants can hold the Seahawks to under twenty four, then that's a guaranteed winner in my book. Makes sense. Another so one final lean that I have. I'm not taking it, but just kind of a a nice line that I see that is awfully tempting is Saints Falcons over 45 and a half. That number seems awfully low considering that last week, the Saints scored 31 
the Falcons scored 43. I know it's a different situation, but you add those two together, you get 74, I think. Yeah, 74, which is almost 30 points over the over-under this week. It just, I don't know, 45 and a half just seems low, you know? I yeah. assume one of these teams is going to score in the 30s, I, probably the Saints, but... I think it's a bit of bit of recency bias um, from their think, last matchup, which was twenty four nine. So you know Vegas doesn't want. To, I'm sure the line for that game was the total for that game was a lot higher. So Vegas is kind of compensating based off of that. But it very well could be you know a twenty twenty seven twenty four thirty one twenty game and right the over hits easy. It's just yeah. I mean that was also that was Taysom Hill's first start. So maybe that's why that score was so low just because, I mean, I know they put up 24, but like they're, they're going to score more than that, I think. And again, I'm not taking it, but over 45 and a half is awfully tempting. Um, all right. So before we end this, just to recap, I'm on Browns plus six, Houston plus three and a half, the chargers money line. And then I have a lean, on the over in Saints Falcons and the under in Browns Titans. Yes, and I'm at uh, New Orleans minus two and a half, Buffalo minus one, and the under in the Giants Seahawks game. And also, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that I, that I hit the Antonio Gibson first touchdown in the Cowboys Redskins. Oh, I forgot about uh, Thanksgiving that. game at plus seven hundred. I mean, that was a they, I was playing with house money after that point. I mean, yeah. I, God, you love when that happens. Every now and then you get one of those kind of out there things that hits. You know what I mean? We talked about it. I had a parlay that hit a couple of weeks ago. And, oh, boy, is that a good feeling. Yeah. Also, I, And also, now that I'm looking at my, my bets from the Thanksgiving episode, in the, in the early game, besides the fact that I didn't know that DeAndre Swift wasn't going to be playing I thought all along he was going to be playing those are my only two losers because I had DeAndre Swift first touchdown and two touchdowns and if I would have just changed that to Adrian Peterson knowing DeAndre Swift wasn't playing I would have gone a perfect five for five bullshit so I think what we're learning here right now is maybe don't take my picks and maybe do take Brian's picks until you know things differ and until until we both eventually end up at like exactly 500 and down like two and a half units. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be about what you could expect, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So it's the end of this episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, again, as I always say, you know, bet as much as you're willing to lose. You know, you can get crazy. Don't get too crazy. Um, and as I like to say, we're not your financial planner. Get as crazy as you want. Well said. All right. We'll uh, see you next week. Thanks, y'all. See you guys.